1: Father, we praise your name. Father, we thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Father, you are working, you are working, you are working. Father, you are making a way where there was no other way. Mm, thank you, Lord. We worship you. Father, I just pray this morning that you will just give us ears to hear and eyes to see your word and what you have for us. I thank you, Father, that you are so good and so faithful to us each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, church. Well, today is going to be the last day of the um, series we've been doing in Ephesians called Identity. Identity. So I didn't get a big round of applause. That's good. I'm glad that you guys are not, like, I was, I was concerned that this series was going on for so long that you might be like, oh my gosh, Pastor Jason, are you ever going to get through Ephesians? Like, this thing only has six chapters. Like, wait do we do Acts, okay? So I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're probably not going to go every chapter of Acts, but what God has been working on, has been working on us, is this, this, this theme of identity, this theme of identity and the foundational verse that we've had, and I don't think I, I think I forgot to put it up here this week, but it's this, it's out of 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, old things have passed away, and all things have become new. All things have become new. And what I want to talk about uh, this morning is in Ephesians 6, I want to talk about that our identity is a mighty warrior. Our identity is a mighty warrior. In Ephesians 6, I'm going to read a chapter of Scripture that talks about putting on the full armor of God and what that means. And I know we've got our kids in here, so what I want to do this morning is I'm going to read this passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about each of those, each of those pieces of armor that God has told us about, has challenged us, and truly God has revealed some things to me during my study of this, that I actually had not seen before, that I would just want to show you guys this morning, and hopefully no matter what age you are, you begin to think about putting on that full armor of God each and every day, every day that you wake up, every day that you go to work, every day that you go to school. You know, it was my hope that I would get all these different pieces of armor. Like, I, I tried, guys, but I wasn't feeling well yesterday. And I had this whole plan to have... I was going to have a sword ready to go, I was going to have my breastplate ready to go, I was going to have my helmet ready to go, and I was going to put all these things on because the kids were with us today, and I was going to show them what each of these things were, but these are the only two things that I found. So this is not the full armor of God. And what I begin to realize is the Lord just speaking to me, saying, look, we don't actually carry around stuff that looks like this today. But what we do carry around is the actual clothes that we put on, and the Bible that we have, and the hats that we wear in winter, and the scarves and the sweaters that we put on. We actually are putting something on each and every day. We're actually doing it. So I don't want you guys to have to remember this stuff. I want you to remember to put your clothes on. And most of you are pretty happy that you all came to church with your clothes on. Okay, how many of you are all happy that you came to church? Amen, right? It's just like, oh, man. Like let's let's all stay this is not that kind of society, right? This is the Jesus place here, okay? So I'm not gonna go through all these, but what I do wanna show you, I wanna read this and I wanna talk about these different pieces of this armor of God and what it means to our life. What does it mean when he's talking about this armor? So I'm going to start in verse 10. I'm going to read through uh, Ephesians six ten through 18. And then I'm going to go back and I just want to look at each of these things that God's presenting here to us. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong, where? In the Lord. Not in your own strength, in your own might, but the strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We have an enemy, church. If you didn't know that, we have an enemy that's coming against us. And we have to intentionally put on this armor. Intentionally say, I'm going to be a mighty warrior today. I am going to purposely put my clothes on. Each and every one of you purposely put clothes on. Right? You could have come without clothes on. As awkward and as weird as that would have been. That, that was an option. We probably would have stopped you at the door. The ushers would have been like, okay, there's a room over here. Let's help you get some clothes on. Okay, but you have an option to put this armor on. And what I've noticed that God's saying is, he's saying, put this armor on. Verse 11, put it on. This is a command. He's saying, go put it on. It means it's there. It's available. So go put it on. Which means we have to be intentional about doing this. Put on the whole armor of God. Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So this is who we're fighting. We're not fighting flesh and blood. Spouses, the battle is not against each other. It's not. Now we take it out on each other. And when something bad happens or the enemy's trying to get to us, we begin to lash out at who? Each other. Each other. I mean, we, we you, don't raise your hand for this, but if you have kids and you have a bad day at work, or maybe you have, let's do the dog example. If you have a dog and you have a bad day at work, sometimes you come home and you kick the dog. I, I don't kick, I don't have a dog, so I can't kick the dog. And I'm not suggesting that you do kick the dog. What I'm saying is, is that when we get upset, when we have these issues in life, when we t- begin to take them out on other things, what God is saying is, no, no, no. What we need to take it out on is the enemy. And the enemy is not my neighbor. The enemy is not the this, this other students sitting next to me in my classroom. It's not my teacher. It's not my spouse. It's not my kids. That is not the enemy. The enemy is the devil. And we need to fight against that. So, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, verse 13, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I love it. Stand. Stand is used over and over. 14. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the spoken word of God, which I said earlier. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. So the first piece of armor, and I found this very interesting for those who work out, for those, I mean, I love the way God writes the Bible. For those who work out, it's all about the core, is it not? Right. If you think of athletes, and what they always are working on is the core, which is right here. It's the most important part of an athlete's body. It's the part that says, you know what, this needs to be strong so that I can do everything else with my arms and my legs and my back and everything else, but the core needs to be strong. And I find it very interesting that God says, this is the first thing that I want you to put on. This is the very first thing I want you... He wants us to put on this belt, this belt of truth. And so I asked myself, what is this belt of truth? Well, what is truth? (laughs) The word of God. The word of God is truth. The word of God is what the belt is. You see everything else within this armor, and you can't see it here. I looked for a picture. But the armor in the way they used to wear it when the Bible was written, the armor, everything connected to the belt Church, you understand that. Everything connected to the belt. The breastplate sat on the belt. The shield had a place to put itself on the belt. The sword was in the belt. All of these things that were wrapped around were connected to the belt. Or in our case, connected to the word of God. I was like, wow, this is really interesting. So this is the first thing we need to put on. This is the first thing we need to put on. You need to put the word of God on in your life. This is it. This, I mean, don't, you, you can't even hold the rest of the stuff without putting this on first. And this was just, this. I was like, this is incredible to me. Learning to understand what this means. And this is the first thing that's, it is the written word of God. It's the most important weapon for the believer. It's the most important weapon for the believer. We must have this weapon on at all times. You ever walk around without a belt on? Well, some of you might go around with belts, but I've seen people walk around without belts on there constantly, right? It's kind of like it's kind of annoying sometimes. But when we put that belt on, when we put it on tight and we have it ready, that word of God wrapped around every part of our life, what everything else hangs on, what everything else is based on, that is there for us, ready to go each and every day. The next thing is a breastplate of righteousness. Again, this is connected to the belt. But what I realized is, do you know what? The first two things that he gives us are gifts. Free of charge. The truth and the breastplate of righteousness. The first two things that he gives us in this armor is nothing we have to work for. Nothing we have to strive for. Nothing we even have to do. It is a free gift given to us. And so I'm like, Lord Jesus, thank you so much that even the armor of God that you're giving us, I don't even have to begin to work for it. You are actually putting on the most important belt of truth that you've given me. And then because of righteousness, he's given that to us as a gift. It's nothing we have to go do, nothing we have to wield. He has given us that gift. And what does it do? It protects our entire body right here. It protects everything that's connected, including our heart. Including our heart. The breastplate, if you do any research, it was shiny and beautiful, and it was the most glamorous of all the weapons that they used. And I found that very interesting. The free gift from God, the free gift of righteousness, is the most beautiful and glamorous thing that we get to put on from our identity perspective. The most beautiful thing we get to put on. This breastplate of righteousness in our lives, it causes us to shine light to the world that is full of darkness. The breastplate of righteousness is something that is shiny. And when we walk and when we go, when we walk into this room, when we walk into our schools, it is what people begin to notice. They don't see the belt of truth. They don't see the belt, that foundation of truth that's there. They see this breastplate of righteousness. This righteousness is an offensive weapon as well. We are protected as we move into the devil's territory and take back what he has stolen from us and what is rightfully ours. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In him. So then the scripture moves on to putting on the shoes of peace. Shod your feet with the shoes of peace. And I looked and I kind of do some research. These were brass boots for the feet and they cover the front of the leg. A kind of sole was often used to protect the feet from rocks and from thorns these these weren't just like your every average sandals that we put on. So many I looked at picture after picture. That doesn't even really do it justice. Looking for the right picture of what these shoes actually look like when we walk. And I begin to think of shoes of peace. What does that mean? Well, guess what? If you are walking on rocky ground, if you are walking into situations that are challenging, if God is calling you to do certain things in your life that aren't easy, you want to be able to walk with some pretty solid shoes of peace on. Because every time I've tried to walk on some rocks and some difficult places without shoes on, how do you walk? You're like, "Uh."? Right? And you, you put a little too much weight on something and it sticks on the bottom of your foot and you're like, ow, that hurt. But what God is saying here, these shoes of peace, we can walk right through the most difficult situations in our life. We can walk right over the rocks, the ashes, the coals, the things that are burning, the things that are challenging in our lives and we got these shoes on and it's a shoes of peace. We can walk right through them with the peace of God because he's with us. You say, we have to intentionally put those on every single day. The shoes of peace. The weapon of peace in our lives keeps the enemy under our feet. When we walk in peace, the enemy does no, no longer has the opportunity to get a foothold of fear in our life. You understand that. Walking on, I mean, this was like, as I'm looking at this is like amazing to me. So he's talking about shoes of peace, which thinks of walking, walking on difficult circumstances, and then walking right over the enemy who is trying to hurt us, trying to steal, trying to kill, trying to destroy. These shoes protect us from that when we walk in peace. The shield of faith. I brought I did have a shield of the shield of faith it's to protect the body from blows and cuts Ephesians 6:16 6, we read it says above all above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one you see the shield and the belt were inseparable and they're linked together This shield of faith, as you looked at the armor that he was talking about, they were actually linked together through this belt. And what was the belt? It was the word of God. And what is the shield? It's faith. Well, you cannot have faith without having the word of God. Which means this belt of truth is linked together with the shield of faith. So the more we get into this, the more we hear this, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The more we dig into this, the stronger this belt, the tighter it comes, the bigger the shield you can now carry. Think about that. The stronger your belt the stronger the truth that you wrap around here, the stronger that is based on the word of God, the more you read it, the more you study it, the more you understand it, the bigger the shield you can latch onto that belt. Because if I try to put a 40, 50 pound shield on this little belt, this thing would tear off. My pants would end up falling down. and would be embarrassing. That is funny. I like when we have the kids in here. They're listening at least, yeah? Okay, that's good. Kids are listening. I appreciate that. But you see, the bigger the shield you can carry depends on how much this how big the word is in your life. You know, when we face a circumstance and a situation, too often we wait till then till we start reading through the word saying, Lord, what do you have for me? Help me in this situation. I need to do this. And the Lord has challenged us, says, No, put the belt on first. The truth has to come first so that when the fiery darts come, your shield that you already have placed on that belt is big enough and strong enough to protect yourselves against the fiery darts of the enemy. You understand that? So I want to have a big shield. I want to have a big shield which means I have to understand the Word of God as much as I possibly can. That's the shield of faith. Your faith is always attached to the Word of God. When the Word of God is not first and foremost in our life, our weapons are weak. We lose our sense of peace. We cannot grow in faith. But the sword of the Spirit ends up no longer at our disposal if we don't have that belt of truth on. The next one he talks about is the helmet of salvation. I got a couple more and we'll wrap this up. The helmet of salvation. I find this very interesting is it protects everything up here. Everything up here, this helmet of salvation is protecting everything up here. And I see this as protecting ourselves from what we're watching, what we're listening to, Kids, listen to me here. What are we listening to? What are we watching with our eyes? What are we putting in to this? And God is saying, clearly you have to put on this helmet of salvation that says you need to protect yourself from the things of this world. I find it interesting. The enemy is shooting fiery darts and we use the shield to protect ourselves, but doesn't say anything else about the enemy in this case. It's saying, you know what? There's a world out there. And yes, the enemy gets in through the world, but there are things that we choose to do, things we choose to watch, to listen to, to partake in, to participate in, that's not good for us. It says that the eyes are the lamp unto the body. Yeah, Proverbs maybe? I think it says the eyes are the lamp unto the body, which means everything that comes in here begins to go in here. So you may have on that breastplate of righteousness and your shield, but you also have to be very intentional about protecting yourself about what you put in here. And then the sword of the spirit, which the Bible says, which is the word of God. And if you do the research, it is the spoken word of God. This offensive weapon is the actual spoken word of God. And if you remember, it's linked to the belt, which is the Bible, the truth that we have. But it's when we begin to speak the actual word of God is when this offensive weapon begins to go out before us, begins to take on that enemy, right? Everything else is pretty protective right now. We've got the belt, we've got the breastplate, we've got the helmet, we've got the shield. Everything is really in a protective mode, and that's good. God wants to protect us. But at the end of the day, He also, we are in a battle, Right, Our identity is a mighty warrior, and so you're not going to go to battle without any pretty major offensive weapons. And so the spoken word of God, this is why we want to memorize scripture, this is why we want to speak, that's why we prayed for binding and loosening, we are speaking the word of God to change the situations in our lives. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. First one was death is in the power of the tongue. So when we're fighting an enemy, it's the power of our tongue that wields this sword. It's not just the reading of the Bible and listening to the Bible. That's all with this belt of truth that we have on. But it's the spoken word that becomes our offensive weapon that begins to take down the enemy. Then the last thing here Paul talks about is praying in the Spirit. Ephesians 6.18 said, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. You know that the Roman soldiers had another weapon that they carried with them. It was called like a lance. And this lance was something the soldier threw The weapon, he threw this weapon at the enemy from a distance to strike the soldiers down to the ground before they entered the enemy's camp. This is prayer. Church, this is prayer. It is going out and it's piercing whatever it is that you're about to go into battle for. It is already doing a work before you even get there. You see, when I throw that out there, it is doing work back there. I can't get to it yet with this. But in my prayer time, praying continuously, lifting up this situation to God, being on my knees saying, Lord, I need you to do a work before I even get there, before I even walk into this room. I need you to do that work. And then we begin to use our words. You see that. Prayer is powerfully thrown at the enemy to stop his attacks in the spiritual realm before they even spring up in your life. And most people talk about The armor of God, and we never get to this, one of the most important pieces, which is this prayer. The prayer that we have. See, church, we're in a battle. We're closing out 2019, and we're moving into 2020. And I truly believe we're moving into this season of revival. We need to walk, live, and love with this armor that he has given us. We need to press into the word of God even more so in 2020. We need to be guarding our hearts and our minds more so in 2020. What are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we doing? What are we partnering with? We need to be people of prayer even more so in 2020. We need to be speaking God's word over our situations even more so in 2020. We want to see victory and miracles in our life. This is God's plan and purpose for us here. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for this armor that you have given us. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for all the blessings and the promises that come from it. Father, I thank you that our kids could be with us today and to hear your word and to engage with us. Father, I thank you that we could pray with them today, bless them today. And Father, I just speak now that as we move out of 2019 and into 2020, into this season of revival in our lives, into this season of revival in our hearts, Lord, that you are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. You are the one who does all things, for with you all things are possible. So, Father, we speak to impossibilities in 2020, and we say, Lord, have your way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Before we dismiss, I just want to read this benediction out of Second Peter 1. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which you have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. May 2020 be a year filled with new revelations of God. Amen? Amen. So as you're dismissed, if you need prayer for anything at all, we have some prayer teams that are going to make their way up here right now as I'm I'm speaking. If you need prayer for anything in your life, come on up. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you can do that this morning. I can pray with you right here. If you need healing, you can come up here and get prayed for for healing. If you have a need in your life, come up here and get prayed. Otherwise, you are dismissed. Have a wonderful and happy new year. Praise God.
0: Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.